Welcome to the Illinois Soy Podcast. Enjoy. So, Mike, as everyone is looking forward to wrapping up harvest, it's a great time to reflect on the growing season, the challenges, and all the factors that led up to making this crop. So, Mike, let's go back to planting season right now. And clearly, the wet weather is what really started playing a huge role on this crop early on, right? Absolutely. It was a a real issue there early in the growing season. Did it really affect in terms of the crops that were already in the field or delaying planting? What would you say were the major issues for this planting season and that wet weather? Down here in southern Illinois, the biggest issue we had was we were already planted. I mean, we we were we were basically planted before the wet weather really hit. So what we ended up with was we just ended up with uh, our, most of our bottom ground, uh, a lot of our creek bottom ground, river bottom ground, just was completely wiped out. There was there was nothing left. And then the acres that were left, thankfully, uh, the ones that we had uh, had used seed treatments on, we managed to save a lot of those fields. Uh, we didn't, you know, certain areas of our of our trade area we had to replant quite a bit as much is 25%, but uh, what we learned there was from that issue with the wet weather was that, yes, we ended up with a better stand than we thought, but I really believe most of that was because of uh, some of the seed treatments we put on, fungicide, insecticide treatments, some of the other things we did, and then when the water finally went down, you know, month and a half later, six weeks later, we did go back in and replant some beans, and some of those are, are coming out now, so yeah, we, we managed to get a crop on almost every acre. Those seed treatments do prove to be really handy in years that are just like this one. Now, as the crop matured, what would you say were the top things that went into creating this crop throughout the growing season, some of the factors that you think were the most notable? Well, one of the things that I noticed, it didn't really matter what we did extra. If we added something to mitigate stress, you know, if we were doing a a burner-type herbicide, if we put a product in to... uh, help recover faster, help that soybean plant recover faster. That made a difference if we, at seed treatment time, if we put a, a what we call a super pack in, uh, you know, in, in addition to our fungicide and insecticide, you know, like micronutrients or uh, uh, inoculants or growth promoters or something like that, we saw great results from that. And then later in the growing season, at, at R3, when we were doing our fungicide and insecticide foliar applications, we did some stress mitigations and some foliar feeds at that time. Now we realize we're not carrying that whole crop with those foliars. I don't I don't want to put that out there at all. We were adding to what we already had in really good or outstanding soil fertility. But almost every single one of those things we did, we saw a yield boost, whether they were in combination or they were alone. You know what what Dr. Belo talks about the six secrets of soybean success really came through this year. We could actually add yield, not easily, but very readily with some of these extra add-ons that we did. I think that is an excellent point that you just brought up with uh, Fred Velo's secrets to success. I think this year was really great in terms of being able to implement those and see the results happen in the field. And that has led to, obviously, some uh, pretty good numbers for this harvest season. It, it has been so much fun the last six weeks watching these uh, these uh, salesmen we've got, our, our consultants out, bringing yields in here and, and going for that yield chaser. Um, we had one that was in the lead for the longest time. He was at 93.15 bushels per acre. 
and the, and the guys are just excited. Not just the the consultants, our 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 crop specialists, but also our customers. You know, I, I don't really like to talk about name brand products a whole lot, but boy, we've we're seeing outstanding results on sudden death from this new Alevo product. We're seeing you know a lot of different foliars that are really coming through. We're we're hitting some high yields now. Granted, we've got some areas in the river bottoms where we're harvesting right now, and our double crops that if most of our double crops have already come off down here. We're in the you know mid to high 40s, but if you planted a bean the last week of July and you ended up with 40 bushel beans on a farm you didn't think was going to yield anything, that's a win in anybody's opinion. And isn't it just great when you can see that people are excited during harvest season? And why wouldn't they be bringing in yields like that? I know my father was happy when we were averaging between 75 and 79, but those are really blowing you out of the water there, 94. That's just plain impressive. That's very quite impressive, and it and and we were these were coming out of big fields, what we consider big fields here in southern Illinois, 75, 80 acre fields, and carrying 80 plus bushel average over that 75, 80 acres. That's that's just impressive in anybody's book. Now you did mention that the replanted acres are also coming off down there in southern Illinois. How are those holding up in comparison to the ones that came off earlier? Well, they're they're running anywhere from 40 to 60% of what came off earlier. Honestly, if you come in and you plant beans after the 15th of July here in southern Illinois, if you make 20 bushel the acre, you've had a success story, and we're doing better than that. We're, we're in that 35, 40 bushel area on some of these fields. We got a really hard frost and freeze on last Saturday night. That really knocked things down. I'm not sure how much that's going to affect but I was talking to our seed specialist today for the for the company, and Galen told me he said, you know, I'm not I'm walking these fields. He's looking at these fields, and we're not seeing any black leaves hanging on that were that looks like they were uh, frostbitten. The the beans are going ahead and maturing normally. They seem seems like you know that's what we're seeing out of those really really late planted, and it, it looks like we're actually going to get some some yield off that acre after all. Very good. Everyone likes to hear that. Now, as harvest is wrapping up down there, what in your mind would you say is the percentage of people who appear to be finished in your area, and are you finished yourself? Where I go, where I drive, what I see, I'm going to guess in the 10 counties that we operate in, we're about, I'm going to say, 95% completed on soybeans. Um, in Here in Wabash County, where I live, I'd say we're like 99% done with soybeans. So I, I think our, our harvest progress is fantastic. I was in uh, I was in the boot heel of Missouri and down across the delta of Arkansas late last week, and there's more beans down there left in the field than there is up here. So that that makes me feel pretty good. You know, they're uh, they were rolling down there, but it seems like Southern Illinois is ahead of most places. That's always something really nice to be able to see. It's October 23rd. You're 95, 99% done with harvesting soybeans. This year went very well. It just seems like an overall great season, great finish to the season for soybeans. Absolutely. You know, the biggest trial we had all summer, even over and above the water, was weed control. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing some seminars with uh, Dr. Brian Young this winter, uh, trying to get some things put together to, uh, to work on this weed resistance management, doing the best we can to make sure our growers have clean fields next summer. And uh, I think it's going to be an uphill battle because we ran a lot, a lot of water hemp in an area of some Palmer amaranth through the combines, and that seed has had a really good job of broadcasting. So I, th I think 2016 is going to be a real challenge on managing that for next year. Very good. And in comparison to other years, how would you say the weed pressure was this year for soybeans? 
it was terrible. This is the worst year I have seen since the mid-90s when we first started with uh, down that Roundup Roundup Ready path. This reminds me of back in the the mid to late 80s when we were we we were kind of betwixt and between, you know, our older, you know, Linuron, Metulaclor, Alaclor products before the ALSs came along, before the pursuits, before the the Flexstars is Methapir, Femesfen, you know, however you want to look at it, we're almost as bad as we were then. It it was really terrible down here. We did a pretty good job of managing it, but I think we're going to have to get a pretty good handle on it, or it's going to be much worse in the future. And you already said that you and many other folks are trying already to control it for 2016. Do you have any recommendations for farmers out there on what they can start doing today to help mitigate that weed pressure for next year? What we're doing right now, and I'm I'm having conversations every day with our people and and talking to growers. The really big thing I would say is if you've if you've got low slope, two percent less slope farms that you want to do fall application of herbicides on. If you're going into corn stalks that's going to beans next year, you're you're not as big an issue. You can go ahead and go in there with a, a good burn down, get those weeds. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fall uh, germinated mare's tail once we do get some rain down here. We've been dry for about 12 weeks. Once we get some rain, I'm already out seeing uh, of winter annuals. Mostly broadleafs, very few grasses yet. But don't spend big money in the fall. You know, if you can, if you can do a tillage pass and maybe put on a, a simazine or a canopy or a or a metribucin or something to hold things down. Or we're doing a lot of uh, phenoxies, a lot of 2,4-D and dicamba, and just doing that, just to kill things, get us about four or five weeks residual till we get a good hard freeze, and then nothing else is going to germinate this winter. Save those big dollars on residuals for next summer. Don't spend a bunch of money on residuals for winter, for fall, burn down. You just simply don't need it. Uh, glyphosate and 2,4-D is still a good combination. You throw a few ounces of dicamba with it. You can hold those weeds down, get those weeds under control, and then next spring you look at your long-term residuals. You know, we're, we're looking at five different modes of action. We'd like to get three residuals out during the growing season next spring and, or, and summer and really keep those fields clean. Mike, I think that is excellent, excellent advice. Let's move back to how this year's harvest went for soybeans. And do you just want to do a little wrap-up for us here on overall what you think this season led up to such a great harvest? Well, I think we just do so much better job of managing our genetics today than we've ever done in the past, and primarily that's because we've got the best genetics we've ever had. We've got people that spend as much time or more time on variety selection, looking at those books, looking at that genetics. Uh, We've got a better idea of what our genetics are today. You know, we've got almost all of our soybeans grown today are, are a commercial variety. You know, when I first started out in this business a long, long time ago, you could count on your hand about three private varieties as of soybean seed, and most of the rest of it was public varieties. You know, that has made a 180-degree turn or about a 178-degree turn. There's just not very much of the public varieties left out there. But what that's done is it's our genetics are just outstanding. And I think that's one thing we learned this year. Yeah, we had all those trials, all those tribulations. We had wet weather, then we had dry weather. But if we will tweak possibility just a little bit, do just a little bit extra, and study the genetics that we're planning and plan those little tweaks Knowing what our genetics are, I I tell you what, the sky's the limit on these soybean yields. Well, hopefully we can keep pushing those barriers, and next year, if we can get those weeds under control, we'll have even better harvest results than this year. 
Well, I tell you what, I'm pretty pleased. I started out this year in January and February shooting for a 100-bushel bean plot somewhere in the company. I was going to, you know, one of my guys was going to end up with 100-bushel beans on a grower. Well, 94.7 is pretty close. I'm not happy with that. I'm not satisfied with that, but it's given us a good base to build on for next year. Mike, is there anything else that you would like to touch on before we go here today? The only thing I would say, and I hate to preach, I don't want to end on a downer, but all you corn farmers out there, we've got to wait till that ground temperature, that soil temperature, four inches is 50 degrees before we start our ammonia applications. Let's remember our nutrient loss reduction strategy. Let's leave that toolbar and that nurse tank at the house until that soil temperature is below 50 degrees, and then knock yourself out. Let's do what we need to do here, and let's let's hold off on that and wait till our soil temperature is where it needs to be. Thank you very much. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by the Illinois Soybean Checkoff. For more useful information about growing soybeans, visit illsoyadvisor.com. That's illsoyadvisor.com.